0: Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Who's ready for the word this morning? Jared, come up here. So, this is, uh, this is Jared, his lovely wife Dana over here. I've known Jared for, since our Bible college days actually, we actually met in Bible college and... Jared and Diana both have a huge heart when it comes to God's house. Um, he's got a great gift on him, a prophetic gift on him, as well as a gift when it comes to uh, finance and also God's kingdom. This morning he shared, he shared so powerfully over there. So thank you guys for being here. He was in LA two days ago at, for work and flew in for us. So we're very thankful for that sacrifice. But um, why don't we just put our hands together and just welcome these guys? Awesome. Well, thank you. It's good to be home. This is but uh, I, I didn't share for anyone new. I actually lived down here for two years. And I'd fly from L.A. just to see Nat play drums. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I had the privilege of living down here for a couple of years after Bible college with um, the Halliday family. And um, yeah, if you haven't heard Pastor James preach, make sure you're here on the 13th because, um, yeah, he's preaching and personal mentor to me. It's just changed my life and Diana's. Um, He and uh, and Annie married us up in the Hunter Valley back in 2014 when I think Benaiah had already started dating Charlie, but he hadn't told us yet. It's good to know that he asked you, Alan. (laughs) Um, look, I just want to say it's such an honour to be, be down here. It's an honour for both of us, and um, yeah, look, I'm going to take a moment just to just to show some honour because. It's it's hard for me to express how much uh, this house, Celebration Church, and uh, Beniah and his family have had an impact on my life. And yeah, so I mightn't get this opportunity again, so I might as well do it now. But yeah, honestly, living down here on the south coast and in this church, uh, it profoundly changed who I was. God spoke to me so much in that season. It was an unusual season for me, coming out of other ministry um, up on the north coast where I grew up. Um, and still working in Sydney, I travel quite a lot backwards and forwards, but uh, yeah, living in Basin View and in Vincentia, I mean, gosh, you can't complain, can you? <laughs> if you live down these parts, you really can't, but um, yeah, look, being down here, and ben I personally, as a friend, you've just been, yeah, you've been my best friend, and spoken into my world, and yeah, given more than I could ever ask uh, your family, and I I just want to remind you, church, you're really blessed, like you're really blessed, you have pastors that really love you, that would do anything for you, and and, yeah, from Diana and I, thank you so much, you guys show honor so well, we've been blessed this weekend, we've been so looked after, the breakfast this morning was amazing, Um, it was just so much food, I think there's leftovers, if you know who to ask, you might be able to score some of that, but (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was just cool. The the opportunity to share our story really just combines with what uh, you're already doing here in your business. Um, Community members, you in the church are already doing business. It was just great to come along and chat um, and offer a little bit of the peace that we can offer. But really, it is about family. It is about community. And um, I'd encourage you, if you didn't get there, but you have any kind of heart for business or you see yourself doing something out of the box... Um, please, please get involved because this is, um, this is called the vision of the church. And resourcing the kingdom is what it's about. And um, God's giving you gifts. Some of you can play guitar and write songs like Joey and others of you can do different things. But anyone who's called to business, it's such an important gift. Um, so, yeah, I just encourage you to really, really look at that. Look, when Benai asked me two weeks ago, your pastor asked me to share, I was a little bit like, oh, are you sure? (laughs) It's been a while, but hey, God put something on my heart, and I'm thrilled to share it today with you. Um, It's a very simple message, but I believe it's something we can all take a hold of, and simple doesn't mean not powerful. Some of the most simple truths we have to come back to in life so that we can, um, we can progress further in the things of God. So we're going we're gonna to take off this plane today and we'll see where it lands. Hopefully we won't lose anyone along the way. If you're on the wing or kind of like out the side, out the back of the plane, just hold on because we will land and the goal is to get everyone wherever we're going, which I don't exactly know, but I, I have a good idea. It's going to be fun. So if you can turn with me into your Bibles to Matthew 16 verse 13. And do we still do that thing down here? Thank you. Got it. Excellent. (laughs) That's what I was waiting for. It's going to come up behind me as well. Now, when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. I like that, Simon Barjona. Blessed are you. For flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then he strictly charged the disciples not to tell anyone or no one that he was the Christ. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things for the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day, be raised. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from me, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, you're a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Other translation says he turns and addresses all the, sorry, other gospel says he turns and addresses all the disciples and says that. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come around your word today. We thank you that we're in a house full of praise, full of worship, full of hearts desired to learn, seek you out. Find out your will for our lives. And, God, I just pray this morning, in these next few moments, that we'll really hear your voice, that you will speak to us more than a sermon, that you will drop something into our hearts that will change us forever, God. Father, we thank you for it. And, Lord, we also just pray, God, for healing for any Parramatta supporters out there. <laughs> God, you know your team, and we trust your long-term vision but God, we just pray that you'd humble any storm supporters, Tom Herbert or any others that need humble, lest they fall from a high place, Lord. In Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Okay, cool. I just felt, Tom, you really needed that prayer. Have you ever found yourself a little bit off balance? A little bit mm, falling, not wondering where you're going to land? A few years ago, I was in Bali, and um, actually the first time I went to Bali was with your pastor, Pastor Benaiah, and um, and we went to a place called Blue Lagoon uh, Jumping Rock. And we, you know, we had scooters, we were having fun playing scooter tag, but we went to this jumping rock, and it's huge. It's like one of these places in Bali where you see on the news and people do silly things and hurt themselves and end up in hospital. Anyway, that was cool. It was like set up. It's a big jump rock. It's a big platform. It's about 13 and a half meters at the tallest jumping spot. And we saw it. They had a cafe there. They had music playing. It was like pretty cool. And when you jump into the ocean, there was a ladder that you could kind of climb up on. And it was pretty good. So Benara and I looked at it and we're like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> but I went back a few years later. Actually, it was probably three, three four years ago. Uh, I was over in Bali for a wedding, and, and the boys kind of the day or two days before the wedding decided, we're going to go and, you know, go to this jumping rock spot. And I'm terrible when it comes to heights, but, you know, there was something about the group of us there that just, just pulled me in. I felt like, you know what, Jared, you can do this. You can jump. It's going to be great. It's going to work out fine. Uh, what they'd done, though, in those few years since we'd been there, is they'd closed down the cafe and they'd taken away the ladder because it was so dangerous, people were dying there, that they thought this would be safer if we just take away the option to jump. But you could still do it. You just had to swim around after you jumped in and climb up on some really sharp rocks. Uh, and when we were there, it was low tide, so it was probably more like a 14, 15-metre drop. And the rocks didn't look like they would be fun to pull up from. But I thought, oh, look, if I jump in and then I go around and I'll watch some other people do it first, I can probably, probably get through it. So the groom, who was about to get married, he went first. Crazy. And, um, and he jumps in and again goes straight in, proper. Like no one was doing backflips or anything stupid. They'll just jump in. And so it's um, so, like, okay, he did it good. And then his best man was there. And he jumped in, and he kind of sat into it, and it sort of slapped him on the leg, So a long way, and, and he yells out, ah, oh, but he was all right. There was some uh, photos circulating later that night that showed that he wasn't all right. <laughs> and then I kind of thought, okay, all I've got to do is just jump out and just go straight in. And it'll be all right. And then I'll worry about the rocks. So I was really worried about getting out on the rocks. So what I did, which is something I hadn't done in years, is I jumped off a semi-high place. And and as I'm going down this free fall, it's just like, man, it's so long. But what I didn't realize is I was slowly rotating backwards. So slow. And I hit the water. And... My, my feet did hit the water first, but there was just enough of an angle that when I went in, I felt like my whole back was just ripped apart on fire. And it's funny to talk about now, but there in that moment, I thought, I'm a paraplegic. I've hit, I've hit this water and, it's, and it does not feel good. Funny enough, there was was an army guy, SAS, is that the term? Yeah, the really high-level army guys. He said he would never jump off that. That's just stupid. (laughs) But he had to because he had to jump in and get me out because I was in so much pain that I couldn't swim. I'm just trying to stay above water, and I'm just yelling out in absolute agony. Anyway, so he goes down to a lower spot and then jumps in and helps swim me up. And then the biggest challenge was getting me out on the rocks. I literally could not pull with any muscles. I had no control over the back. I couldn't pull myself up. And so the guys, they had to kind of push me up onto these rocks. And like I'm pulling, and I'm not going to lie. I was screaming like I was not a strong man that I am. (laughs) (laughs) So they get me up the top, and I'm like, okay, I think, I think I'm all right. You know, it's Bali. Surely, you know, people do this all the time. They can help me out. And then the guys there that are locals, they're like, oh, yeah, so and so killed themselves jumping off here like a few weeks ago. And, you know, Bali nightmares film there every two weeks. I don't know. Um, <laughs> So we get up the top, and I can't do anything. I'm lying on my back. They're trying to get ice. It's just, it's just so painful. And Diana can tell you, because she had to look after me for the next two days, I was erect. I was literally, I was surprised that we even made the wedding um, two days later. But I say all that to say, that slight angle, that slight imbalance caused a lot of pain. And I'm not running back to jump off anything high again. <laughs> What I want to talk to you today about is what I call a healthy balance, a healthy balance in life. And, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about balance, they have to slow down here, they have to do this, they have to change something. Um, And, you know, I think that's really good. But what I want to talk about is a balance that actually takes you forward, a balance that enables you to do more in life, a balance that can fulfill the purposes of God in your heart. Now let's consider Peter, that passage that we just read. What an amazing moment in history. As the Bible records kind of the first confession of who Jesus is, of who the Christ is, and it was revealed to Peter by the Father. I reckon Peter would have been on a high when Jesus goes, well done. The Father's revealed this to you. You now know my identity, who I am. And, And on this revelation, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build... The future, the, the grand plans. So he's on a high. He's like falling. He's like going, This is amazing. Maybe he's being shot up in the air emotionally. There's so much going on. And then Jesus starts to talk about the other things that have to happen in order for his, his life, his destiny to f- be fulfilled. And all of a sudden, Peter hits that water from a height. He's confident. He, he's like, oh, I know what's going on. And Jesus is saying, no, this is what has to happen next. This is my plan. This is what the Father has sent me to do. And all of a sudden, Peter's going, no, no, we're not going to do that. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to look after you. You're the Messiah. You're the King. He had a picture of who Jesus was and how he was going to fulfill the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus rebukes him. And he rebukes him so strongly. And we're going to look at why. But Peter's going to hit it hard. He hit the ground hard. That's got to be an emotional roller coaster for anyone. He's mentor. You know, he left fishing. He left everything to follow Jesus. This was a big change in his life. And all of a sudden, he's being knocked down. He's off balance. And we find out later why. In fact, Peter's life is full of off-balance situations it's so encouraging to me as a Christian to look at someone like Peter who Jesus chose who Jesus was going to use so instrumentally in the building of his church and go hey you're just a normal guy you got a bit too confident you said you're going to do this but you ended up doing that there's so many examples in Peter's life where he gets off balance and I think that's encouraging for us when we look at our lives too because there's times where we might be going. I wanted to do this. I did this. I got off balance. My life was too hectic here. I had to learn. And it's okay. It's encouraging. Jesus understands. He stays with you all the way. So why? Why do we want balance? You know, balance is just... Balance is one of those things where it's just like, you can't make sense of life. Life sort of takes you forward, whether you have an unplanned child, whether you start a business, you know, you think you know what you're in for, but you have no idea. And all of a sudden, you're off balance. When I jumped off there, off that cliff, I thought, I know exactly where I'm going. I'm going to go feet first. It's going to be great. And all of a sudden, I just, I didn't have the skill to jump. It was quite simple, but it got me, caught me off guard. You know, God in his very nature is a perfect example of balance. God is three in one, each person, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But they're one, they're together, they're in balance. Jesus had a purpose to come to earth. He had to fulfill a mission from the Father that was given to him. But he was there before as well. And all throughout Scripture, Jesus was here working. In and of themselves, they're perfectly in balance. But together, there's a whole other balance. And at different times in your life, you will interact with the different persons of God. And it's so important. But also in nature, he shows us his balance. He shows us who he is through nature. Do you know light is three in one? You've got red, blue, green, the primary colors. Those coming together completely make white light. It's three in one. It's like this concept of how can something be three things, but how can it be one thing? And we see it in nature. Marriage is three in one. A healthy, godly marriage is a husband, a wife, and Jesus at the center. A- A quarter, three strands, not easily broken. You know fire is three in one. In order to have fire, you have to have heat, you have to have oxygen, and you have to have uh, something to burn. (laughs) You know, you can't just burn oxygen. You need wood in the fire. We had a fire last night. My clothes stink of it. Um, it It leaves the impact. Water is three in one. Two hydrogen molecules and oxygen. We get H2O, water. But also it has three states. It has frozen has liquid and it has steam. Three in one. Why are we going? uh, Time is three in one. Past, present, future. This concept we call time. It's actually so much bigger than we often think about. It's three things, but it's time. Salvation is seen in the same way. Sozo, the Greek word for salvation. It means you were saved. You are being saved. You will be saved. This concept of three in one. It's all throughout scripture. It's all in our life. So we need balance We need balance to go further in the things of God. We need balance to propel us forward. You know, I love to snowboard. In fact, I've snowboarded in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and Switzerland. Most people go, oh, wow, you're good at snowboarding. I'm not. I'm not a great (laughs) snowboarder. I just keep trying. (laughs) It's an expensive sport to keep trying, too, by the way. But, you know, the thing about snowboarding that once I got my back edge and my toe edge and understood, okay, a little bit how to start and stop, what I couldn't get is the idea of leaning forward. When, when I would go down the hill, I, I just wanted to lean back to slow myself down. There was actually such a tricky thing to tell myself, no, lean into it, go forward. And, you know, in life, balance is like, sometimes it's the counter opposite of what you want to do. To take you forward in the things of God, sometimes it's the thing you need to lean into, which is the most scary. If you want to have fun snowboarding, you can't be snowboarding down a mountain like this all day. It's no wonder I have all these problems falling, falling over things. <laughs> God, God's purposes for your life is not for you to shrink back. And I don't want anyone to walk away here thinking, oh, balance is about me, easing off on some things. Now, yes, that might be true, but that's not the whole picture. We're talking about take you for, taking you forward in the things of God, taking you forward in the vision, the purpose God's put on your life. My wife is amazing. She's so good at so many things and one of them is cooking. She's a phenomenal cook and you know for any single man out there it is a gift to find a wife that can cook so well. It's not good for your waist unless you have self-control but one thing about Diana is she runs around the house at speed. If we're hosting something she will start cooking. She will get out ingredients that I've never heard of. She will have pots and utilities, and she moves around the kitchen so fast that it's actually scary. I have to keep my distance. It's, it's, a, it's a danger zone. I will definitely get caught off balance in the kitchen. But the thing is, she always ends up with bruises, and she has no idea how she gets them. She's moving around the house. She's cooking. She's doing things. She's cleaning. And I'm like, babe, what happened to your leg? She goes, yeah, I don't know. Hey. What happened to your arm? oh, I think I must have bumped something. She literally moves so fast, she doesn't know when she hurts herself. <laughs> You've got to pray for our kids because her balance is terrible too. <laughs> Between me and her, we could, oh, I don't know. Anyway, um, you know, when, when you're like moving around so quickly and getting a lot done, you need exceptional balance. And lately, in the last few months, Diana's actually suffered from vertigo. And vertigo, if anyone here has ever... Dealt with it is horrible because you, it's hard to even stand up when it hits you. So she will drive into the office at work, and I'm like, Are you feeling dizzy? She goes, Oh yeah. I'm like you shouldn't be driving. <laughs> you can't even stay safe in the kitchen, let alone <laughs> drive around. <laughs> but you know what? That's a natural example of balance. But even naturally, if you're limited by something so simple as being able to stand up and walk. How are you ever going to be able to do the big things in life? You know, Paul uses the example of running the race for Christ. You know, there's so much that we need to achieve in this life, whether you're raising kids, whether you're running a business, whether you're just going to your job and, and that is full. If something as simple as a natural sense of balance is off, it's actually going to affect everything. It's a, not a nice feeling to have vertigo. I had it, but it was just because I hadn't had red meat in a few days. So it's clearly not the same thing. (laughs) So I want to talk about three areas of balance. You know, again, thinking about God being three in one. We are also made in his image. We are three in one. We have a flesh, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. And you know what? when I talk about the flesh, which isn't the most important of the three, but it is very important, I don't want you to look at me and go, oh, he's a skinny guy telling me about health. That's not the goal of this. I want, to, I want you to think about your flesh in terms of, hey, it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, God has given you a body. We need to look after it." So three things that affect balance in the flesh. Number one, your diet. How good is that? Don't you love people that talk about diets? Don't you love that person that's on their fad diet? They get so passionate about their diet. (laughs) Hey, Matt Matt Curtis has authority to talk about this. (laughs) You know what? God has given us in Scripture the things we need to understand about looking after our flesh, the temple of the Holy Spirit with our diet. Daniel's a great example of that. You know, it's so evident that you know, in today's culture, there is so many things that would push you away from the original design God had had for things for us to eat. In fact, even processing and of food and all those sorts of things. And I'm not going to preach about that, but I want you to see it in in the light of Scripture. You know, the original diet, the Garden of Eden, food, plants, vegetables. I struggle to get like three servings of vegetables a week sometimes, and we're, they tell us you're supposed to have five a day. <laughs> But thank God after the fall, after Noah, that he gave us permission to eat animals because that is awesome. <laughs> it's one of, one of the benefits of the fall. <laughs> so for any vegans out there, uh, you just go back to script. No, I'm joking. ben I love you, ben <laughs> Your diet is so important. In fact, as you get older, the diet actually plays a bigger imp- bigger importance in your life. I inherited a condition from my grandfather called psoriasis. And even now, after this week of eating Chick-fil-A and some other naughty things, my skin has started to show signs of that autoimmune condition called psoriasis. But you know what the biggest thing is? is It's not just that oh, my skin might look how I want it to look. It actually affects other areas of your life. So we're talking about balancing that. So if you look after the temple of the Holy Spirit, your body, just like this church is beautiful and clean, You can praise and worship God knowing that we've done it with excellence. Your body's the same. Treat it. Treat it the way God, he made you in his image. We have to look after it. Exercise, number two. Lack of exercise or doing exercise. It'll affect your balance. Who loves going to the gym? Okay. You are not my friend. If you have a natural inclination to exercise, you have been given a gift. Thank God for it. For the rest of us, we have to have discipline. We just do. You know, we've got to run this race with endurance. Thirdly, stress and anxiety. We're talking about your flesh. We're talking about your body. Stress and anxiety is a huge problem right now. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God. Do you know humans are the only uh, part of creation in terms of animals and all that, that can actually manufacture stress without circumstances changing. You know, if, uh, if there's an animal like a deer or what, whatever out there, and it senses lions or sees lions, they will get stressed. They will. They will go fight or flight. They'll run. But a human doesn't even need that. We can just think about something and create anxiety in ourselves. So if the Bible's telling me don't be anxious about anything, yes. we need to change. Yeah. We need, You know, yes, life is busy, but look at Peter. Look at what these guys went through. And they were given the same commandments. They walked away from anything, from family sometimes, and they were given the same tools to deal with this stuff. So stress and anxiety plays havoc on health, plays havoc on your flesh. It's not God's will for your life. And, um, you know, that's an area which we should be looking at, which we should be praying about, um, asking God, what can we do to to deal with this. Three things that affect balance in your soul. Your soul, such an important part. God wants to save our souls. Our souls, what we give other people. Our soul, out of the fruitfulness of our soul, so much happens. So the first thing is family and relationships. You know, nothing's closer to your soul than your family. Yeah. Nothing. Your church family, your natural family, relationships. If things aren't well in your relationships your soul is going to be affected it can affect your health it affects everything about you we have to understand the importance of it we have to give health to others it is so important we can't just be taking yes you need to receive but if you give you're going to actually bring health to your soul and to others our families are also different my family deals with things different to diana's family she's romanian We have great conversations. Whenever I go to Diana's parents' house, there's two things we talk about. We talk about God because he's a Baptist pastor and theology. And then we talk about food. They're the only two topics. (laughs) But you know what? Family is everything. I recently got to um, spend some time visiting my grandfather, the one that gave me psoriasis. (laughs) Um, (laughs) he's He's in a nursing home now, and I got to travel with my sister, who's... Who's um you know four years yeah three and a half years older than me and um, and she's got four children. they had two girls, and they thought, oh, maybe we'll try for a boy, and they had twin girls <laughs> she was um, She was sharing with me about some of her you know postnatal basically depression that she went through after having um, the set of twins and and so much of it was like practical things like having support around her, you know having people that could help her. And, you know, this is like years ago now. and I, I was busy doing business and traveling overseas. How, do, how much do I wish I could go back and just be a little bit more of a support in that time? You know, there's people around you right now that need you, that need you as family, as friends, as relationships. I said it before, but I'll say it again. Relationships are so important. Yeah. Who you do and what, what you do and who you do it with are actually crucial to the well-being of your soul. So having someone like Pastor Benaiah as a friend since Bible college, that longevity, that ability to sit down and just talk about life in in the depths throughout the years, you know, your church family, your family, that's something you actually can't manufacture overnight. Sometimes you'll meet people and you'll click and you'll just be like, oh, that's so good for my soul. But it's those long-term relationships, seeing the growth, like celebrating the wins, but also talking about the trials. You need it. You can think about how damaging damaging it is to your soul not to have that. Number two, what we we consume through entertainment will affect our souls. Who here loves Netflix? Who, yes. (laughs) You know what? We're in a binge generation when it comes to entertainment, and it's only going to get worse. That's our business. We actually work in this field. We, we understand how entertainment is consumed and what's going on. We have to be so wise in terms of our soul's health um, from what we entertain, what we consume in entertainment. You know, there, it's hard to get quality entertainment out yeah. there, and we're all constantly looking for it. But last night, we were watching the footy, and Tom was giving Nat a hard time. That was quite entertaining for me. <laughs> It wasn't a series on Netflix, which I have to look away every 10, 15 minutes. It was good. It was good, wholesome entertainment. Not for Nat. we got to pray for him later. What are you consuming? You know, when, when you consume lots of the entertainment, I know for us, we, we wake up the next morning going, yeah, we probably shouldn't have watched three episodes of that show, maybe one episode of that would have been enough last night. You have to You have to look after your soul. You have to know what you're putting into it. It's so important for your balance. The third thing that affects balancing your soul is serving Jesus by serving others. You know, Jesus said in John 4, 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to accomplish his work. Jesus actually, his soul was refreshed by helping people. He served. He, The Son of Man came to serve, not to be served. He served In so many different ways, healing the sick, teaching the disciples. It's just he washed their feet. You know, it's funny. You think that serving would actually take it out of your soul. But if it's done in the right spirit, done in the right way, it actually adds to your soul. If you find you're you're not serving much in your workplace, you're not serving in church life, can I encourage you? Learn to serve. It will add to your soul. There's so many other things that you can... uh, you know lose from your time schedule in order to prioritize that which will actually add to the amount of time that you have it's healthy balance it's a healthy balance your spirit three things that affect balancing your spirit and of course your spirit is the most important that we're talking about today obedience obedience will affect the balance of your spirit Absolutely, You know, God's called us to live an extraordinary life. And obedience can look like a lot of different things. But obedience to his word is number one. Yeah. Understanding it. Can we uh, just read from Psalm 19, verse 7 to 14? It's a David Psalm. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. See, I read this and go, wow. He had such a revelation of God's law and why he made the world the way he made it. Yeah. He, he, just, he just, I read that and go, wow, do I have the same hunger for God's word, his law in my life? And I'm not talking about. Just Old Testament Ten Commandments. I'm talking about what God's saying to you here and now, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. David understood it. Where did we get to? The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, they are more pure than gold. They are sweeter than honey than honey off the, from the honeycomb. By them, your servant is warned. Look at that. He's praising God that he's being warned. and keeping them is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins that they may not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, blameless, innocent of great transgressions. May these words of my mouth be meditation from the heart and pleasing to your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. How amazing is that? Do you find yourself in your prayer life saying things like that? God, keep my heart clean. Keep me from these things. Keep me from sins that I don't, transgressions that I don't even know I'm making. Trust me, if you walk down the street any given day, you're going to upset someone and you won't know it. (laughs) And it's not your desired upset. And I'm not talking about making everybody happy. I'm talking about getting God's wisdom in your heart so that you can live a life of balance. Obedience is so important and we never graduate. There's not one person in this room here that has 100% graduated in the area of obedience because God wants to take us forward. He wants you to go down the mountain faster. He wants you to jump those kickers. He wants to, it's a fun life. Actually, living a life of obedience is a fun life. We have so many examples in our world, in what we do with our, our businesses all around the world, where the tough choice, the obedient choice to God, has always brought that great reward that he's speaking about here. Number two, things that affect balancing your spirit is understanding your identity. If you truly understand your identity, if you truly understand your identity, you will never, ever want to live anyone else's life. You will never look at someone else and go, gee, I wish I had their life. Because God has made you unique. God has made you exactly the way he wants you to be. Comparison robs your spirit. Comparison, and I know you've heard this stuff, guys, but really think about it again today. Comparison can take away the very thing that God's made you, the unique thing that God's placed in your heart. Identity will bring balance to your spirit. You know, there's things that come up in life that you just, you're not equipped to handle. (laughs) You know. jesus says the most profound things to his disciples things that you're just like oh my gosh are you just trying to offend me right now he he brings you to a place to your knees surrender all die to self and you're not equipped to handle them but when you understand your identity that you're hidden in christ that you were born for a life not here on this earth your actual heaven heavenly identity it's a game changer it just changes the way you look at the world. Your spirit has come alive. You're led by the spirit, as Romans talks about. It's so important. And the third thing that brings balance to your spirit is worship. Worship is one of the most, if not the most powerful thing. And I'm talking about worship like the way you live your life. Worship on a Sunday, corporate worship, so important. Never neglect that. Sometimes you just need people around you raising their hands and surrender to God. That's enough to lift your spirit. But also your worship in your world, your thanksgiving, when you wake up in the morning. This year in our our actual business, we've talked to our whole staff about thanksgiving, how important it is to live a thankful life. And it's a game changer. It really changes things. I wake up in the morning now, first thing is, thank you, Holy Spirit, for today. Lift your spirit. Do things. It's, yeah, it's so powerful. Corporate worship you need as well. You need to be in the house. You need to, if we've been traveling and we miss a Sunday, something in my spirit's just like, oh, I just, yeah, I just miss it. Even if we're somewhere else, we always try and be in the house. You know, if you go on holidays, try and get to a church service. Stream it. Download the podcast. You need to join with your family and worship God. We were never made to do it alone. It brings balance to your spirit. So the spirit, the soul, and the flesh, three in one. It's amazing how God's made us. But they don't just need balance in and of themselves. They need balance together. You know, if you change something in your diet, it could affect your prayer life. Suddenly you don't have brain fog. Oh my gosh, I can worship God now more. I can give him more. And you're thanking him for the fact that you found that thing that you had to change. You know, if you change something in spirit, if your spirit is oppressed, if it's held down and you can start to praise God, you can start to say, despite my circumstances, I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to put him first. It changes your soul. It's amazing. God's made it this way. The Father sent the Son to fulfill what he needed to fulfill in order for us to all become sons and daughters of God, part of the family. And it's because of that, it's because of that three-in-one, the, the way that he could fulfill that promise that we now have access to all these riches. We have access to a way of life that was never known possible. And Jesus himself is that perfect example of balance. He he knew back when he spoke to Peter about, you know, get behind me, Satan. What Peter has said is, I just want to protect you, Jesus. You're my teacher. I just want to look after you. Jesus knew that he had a day come in which would be extremely tough. And he needed a balance that had never been seen before in all of creation. This was the pinnacle of transformation of what God's plan for rescuing us from our sin. And, you know, you get to Gethsemane, and what's Peter doing? He's asleep. (laughs) There, Jesus says, come pray. I need your support. We need to pray. The hour is late. We have to be on high alert. The disciples fall asleep. They get tired. They didn't have the balance yet. They didn't have the energy yet that they needed to fill in that time. But thankfully, Jesus did. Jesus prayed. And it was trial. It was hard for Jesus. It wasn't easy. He was sweating blood. He did that all for us. He had the balance within himself, even when we don't. Luckily, though... Peter's heart was in the right place. He wanted to serve. In fact, he even brought a sword. <laughs> He's like, they're not taking away my teacher. They're not taking He turns up with a sword and Jesus, Jesus in his grace was so forgiving that when Peter struck out against that soldier and chopped off his ear, Jesus went and healed him. Because even though Peter didn't get it, even though we don't get it sometimes, what needs to change, how we need to change our thinking, Jesus does. Yeah. We have the Holy Spirit to help us change our thinking. None of us have graduated. We all need to change the way we think, the way we live our lives. You know, this connectedness, this combining of our our spirit, our soul, and our flesh, it's God's will for our lives. 3 John 1 verse 2 said, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. All things, all things. Friends, can I say today, don't let any one area of your life limit you. Don't let it. Don't let the enemy get in and say, it doesn't have to be that way. You just settle down. You just go easy. It's it's not like that. You just need to seek out the will of God for your life because he will give you the keys of the kingdom. That's what he promised Peter. He had the revelation of who God is, who Jesus is. Nothing is impossible. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I really believe that the key to this is humility. Yeah. I really, and Why humility? Because, you know, Peter had the right heart. Jesus wasn't scared that he didn't have it all together. It's the same with us. He's not scared. As long as we have the willing spirit, we're there to serve, we're there to give it a go, then we can learn, we can be taught. And, and the other thing, hand in hand with humility, is godly confidence. When Jesus was out on the water and Peter says, hey, if it's you, let me come to you, that was a bold move. <laughs> he knew that Jesus could make it possible. He knew that he could go out and walk. So he's like, he just said, okay, just me. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll come out. And it was all good until he took his eyes off Jesus. He lost his balance. He started to sink. If we have confidence in our Creator, in our Maker, and we have humility to be teachable, that there's not any one area of life which we are the ultimate authority, rather we're surrendered, rather we're like David saying, reveal my hidden sins, reveal the things that I don't even know about, then nothing is impossible. Nothing. Nothing. You know, Jesus... Jesus is amazing. And if if nothing else, please grasp Jesus in all this. He ha- needed amazing balance. He needed the ultimate balance to be able to lay his life down. He went through the Garden of Gethsemane. He put up with the sleeping disciples. Peter then went on and denied him. And he went up on the cross. He laid his life down. No one took it. He laid it down, having all authority, all power. It wasn't a any point that he couldn't have said no I don't want to go through with this he could have he could have stepped down but he decided because of the will of the father being revealed to him that he was going to go through that for the joy set before him he endured the cross that's us where the joy set before him he's what we endured for it's because of his amazing heart and intent it's because of his incredible way to be able to go you know what I have all this but I'm going to give it up for this he balanced it out perfectly yeah. for us. He loves us. Yeah. He really does. And when he came back, he looked at Peter and he loved him. Yeah, that's right. He wasn't angry. Friend, there's, he's not angry at you. He's not angry that there's, there's that area of your life which needs to improve. He wants to walk with you hand in hand. He wants to transform the way you think, the way you deal with your life. He wants to, he wants to help you. He sent us the Holy Spirit to do just that. So as we bring this to a close today, I just want to ask you the question, what is it for you? What is it that God's speaking to your heart about? Is it in your spirit? God's saying, hey, I just want you to do, just change this, just bring more thanks to me. Be grateful. Remember who you are. Maybe it's that area of obedience that, hey, if if you just change that, God can come in can transform your whole life. Maybe it's something in your soul. Maybe it's a relationship that's not healthy. You're like, I need to make changes there. You can still love someone and not be in a soul tie connection. You can still love a family member and not be affected in your soul by what they do or how they behave. Maybe it's the way you consume entertainment. The binge. The binge of the Netflix or Stan for someone (laughs) maybe it's serving maybe it's maybe it's in your flesh maybe it's literally exercise getting up in the morning running and praying God I'm running because I need you today it's a physical outworking of a faith statement inside you God can use that it's changing your your diet changing the way you treat the temple of the Holy Spirit what is it for you today friend what is it so just as we finish, I'd just love to pray for anyone today that wants, wants to restore balance in part of their life. Maybe it's all of your life. Maybe you're just going, I don't even know where to start. Friend, Jesus does. Yeah. Jesus knows exactly what you need. I don't know, but he does. And your family's here to support you. Yeah. So if that's you this morning, just as we bow our heads, close our eyes, just, just in your heart, just say the thing that it, that it is that you think God's speaking to you about. Maybe you just want to step forward in your, in your walk. Maybe God's calling you to big things, but you're scared. You're scared that you won't manage it well. I'm going to pray faith. I'm going to pray faith will come into your life. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much this morning that we can come around your word, that we can look at your life, Jesus, your amazing example. And we just say, God, we are open book to you. We are willing to change. We are not hard at heart but we have a desire to please you, a desire to open up every area of our life to you. And we say, come in, have, make way in us, give us those small steps of obedience that we need for that long-term change, God. We thank you for it. We thank you for who you are, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I think... Just in this moment of prayer and reflectfulness, I think, you know, someone here has just looked at, thought about Peter's life again. Maybe you've, you've, you know, been in the Word a lot, but you've just thought about Peter again today, and you're just like, you know what? If he could do it, I can do it. And I think that's a word for someone today. Jesus can use anybody. You don't have to be. You don't have to be what you think you have to be. You just have to be willing and humble and trust in God, put your confidence in Him. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, church. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.